Hello everybody, welcome back for another video. Hope you're all having a great day and that you are all doing well to start things off. Recent research by the Wall Street Journal published on the 27th of December revealed that hundreds of cryptocurrency offerings showed signs of fraudulent activity, improbable returns, and of plagiarism. In the course of its research, the Wall Street Journal downloaded white papers of 3,291 cryptocurrency projects that announced an ICO from three websites. They were ICObench.com, tokendata.io, and ICORating.com. They talk about what a white paper is. We kind of know what that is. The reports further conducted an analysis of the documents, excluding duplicate and non-English papers. They said, and I quote, to identify duplicate language, the journal compared sentences with at least 10 unique words to each other sentence in other white papers. Reporters then read and reviewed nearly 10,000 sentences appearing more than once among 3,291 papers analyzed and removed technical and legal sounding language. Then the journal compared report offerings data to determine which document first published any given sentence and excluded those projects from that database. End quote. The report uh, analyzed or indicated that 16% or 513 of the aforementioned white papers showed signs of plagiarism, identity theft, and promises of implausible returns. White papers of more than 2,000 of the 3,200 projects contain sentences with the lowering terms such as nothing to lose, guaranteed profit, return on investment, highest return, high return, funds profit, no risk, and little risk, end quote. Without reading too much further, uh, this is why, and I will say it until the end of crypto, it's always important to do your own research. Uh, one of the main problems that I had at the beginning of this year, I can't believe that the year is almost over, is that I had, I mean, we were in the in the midst of the crypto insanity period, uh, but I had a large number of people, and I still do to this day, um, asking me to review their ICOs and to talk about this ICO and other things like that. And I told you guys before in many other videos, I have read through a number of white papers because I think they're kind of cool and I like to see exactly what the the proposed plan for the new blockchains are going to be when they end up coming out. But as you read through many of them, and I'm not going to mention, there's one coin in particular, you know exactly which coin I'm talking about, where we had news before about uh, plagiarized, and it was, it was multiple times throughout the white paper, not even just singling out that one project. Uh, people have realized that if you use uh, keywords or key terms, uh, such as high return, high investment, and you have little to no risk and you are going to make money, uh, people are definitely, I mean, uh, I don't use Instagram at off that often at all. Not really that much. Uh, there are, please pay attention. There are a lot of scams going on, on, on Telegram, on Instagram and all these different places. Uh, there are even some Instagram pages where you can like, you can see that people are running like conventions and stuff like that. And not gonna, not going to name countries cause it's like four specific countries where they're running these scams and they're running like huge conventions and all these people are there, 500 people cheering, jumping to their feet and they're telling them the same exact things that we just read down here. Um, I, I know people aren't probably going to, uh, take an enormous amount of time out of their, out of their day to end up actually reading white papers, but try to remain diligent as to where you put your money into. Uh, we are, and I say this, and I think this is very significant for this time frame right now, is because as the year is ending and we go into 2019, a lot of people think that the market is going to rebound. And with that rebound, we are going to have an enormous amount of scams that are going to start popping back up again. 
And I just hope that over the last year of everything kind of crumbling down and those coins that you may have possibly put money into that didn't really make you any money because they were complete scams that you kind of stay away from some of the other ones that we're going to definitely going to see in 2019. Uh, if, if Bitcoin passes by 10,000 again and starts going up, obviously, uh, the amount of ICOs that we're going to see coming back onto this uh, the onto the scene is just going to be kind of ridiculous. Anyway, let's move on. Next up, going to breeze through this one. BitTrue or BitRue. A cryptocurrency exchange announced that it will be adding XRP to its platform, which will be available for trading in five pairs in the first week of 2019. However, the pairs have not been officially announced till as now as the platform has asked the community for suggestions. Uh, the official tweet read by them said, they said, we're happy to announce that we will be onboarding all XRP trading pairs in the next couple of months. We're planning to add five pairs in the first week of 2019. And pretty much they want people. I have never uh, rather... I am not associated with BitTrue, uh, but on their Twitter page, it appears that they want people to actually tell them uh, what pairings they want with XRP. I And I'm interested to see exactly how that's going to kind of turn out because uh, typically, sometimes, if you're into XRP, you typically kind of float more towards altcoins. And I wonder if things like, uh, I'm, I'm almost certain that Tron has been uh, talked about I can imagine EOS, I can imagine Amisego, I can imagine maybe Nano and like a couple of other coins. I wonder if the voting process will actually have more people voting for altcoins to be paired with XRP than they will actually have Bitcoin and Ethereum. It's kind of interesting. Anyway, I like to talk about when uh, coins get added to other exchanges, especially when they're going to have at least five pairs with them. It just makes a lot of sense. Uh, crypto isn't at least in my opinion, just one coin anymore. We have, as you may have noticed over here, thousands of coins floating around in the ecosystem. So it's always nice when we hear about pairings that are going to be happening. Next up. So we talked about part of this a couple of days ago, but now this is kind of like the continuation of it. Uh, there is a guy, where is his name? Henry Arslanian. We spoke about him a couple of days ago when he had like semi-nice things to say about Ripple and XRP, and he was talking about where he thinks that it's going. Uh, now this is, apparently he was talking about the cryptocurrency market and exactly how the crashes of prices have affected the market. He said, or rather it says, when queried about Bitcoin's cyclical nature of booms and busts, Arslania noted that the recent collapse in the Bitcoin price can actually be classified as a bullish happenstance as it cleared out the noise that plagued the sector. Backing his claim, the PricewaterhouseCoopers cryptocurrency head noted that the dot-com crash cleared out the money-grabbing startups, leaving only companies that went on to change the world, namely Amazon. Yet he pointed out that there remain many cryptocurrency-centric startups that are reeling, specifically due to poor treasury management. And as made clear by the ETC devs' recent collapse and the layoffs seen at Consensus, Steemit, and Spank Chain, this is a valid concern. Arslanian noted that this market tumult is a byproduct of speculators betting on crypto prices in mass before adding that 2019 is likely to be a positive year for the industry nonetheless. The general idea right now is that, and I mean, and I want to say get ready, but I can't hype it up too much. Uh, everyone at this point, and it's not even, it's it's even the kind of the naysayers, the people who are like, yeah, crypto is kind of not going anywhere. Even they think, uh, not to say that he's a naysayer, but you understand what I'm saying. We've, we've seen the other articles before. 
Uh, they all think that 2019 is going to be a relatively positive and or good and or semi-great thumbs up in the air year where prices are going to go back up. Uh, what I'm afraid of is exactly what we were talking about before. Um, I don't think that the prices going down were anything negative. If you believe in market cycles, then this had to happen. Uh, people get too hyped up and stuff like that. When you, there was something I was listening to before and they were talking about the guy was like, he got into Bitcoin around the time it was maybe around $900. He was said he bought a couple of them. And he said at one point he was in New York for a conference and he said, you know, when something is a bubble, when everyone starts talking about it. So he said he went into a coffee shop and he heard two old ladies uh, talking about that they had bought some Bitcoin because their grandsons told them to buy Bitcoin. And then he said he got into a cab and the cab driver was asking him, had he bought any Bitcoin? And he was like, OK, at that point, he knew that he had to get out because the the hype cycle was far too high. But it also had to do with all the other ICOs that we also had dominating the space and, and it's really interesting because there's also an ICO story coming up very soon as well. Uh but I mean it kind of is what it is. I think this needed to happen. I told you guys before many, many times. Uh not many people thought that we were a bubble. It appears that now we were. And I think that's simply because of um how easy it is to for anyone to kind of make a cryptocurrency project to make a website and kind of uh, tell people that they're definitely going to have, I have some crazy stories and I mean some really interesting stories. Uh, and I guess I'll kind of share one of them with you right now instead of withholding it. Uh, the things that I heard in 2017 were, and even the beginning of 2018 were probably some of the craziest things I've ever heard in my entire life. I had a lot of friends who I hadn't heard from in quite some time who had randomly also gotten into cryptocurrencies and the things that they told me about that they were putting their money into, uh, like monorail projects in Russia and uh, some other, like like infinite coin or something like that. Some re There's really weird things that were popping up every single day. And when you read their website, uh, they were claiming and saying that they were as strong and as fast and as so-and-so as Bitcoin. They were going to be the next Bitcoin. And um, I hope... That at least in the future, we have a situation where people aren't not, I don't want to use the word gullible because when you, especially when you're new to a, to a, a, a scene like crypto, everything is, is brand new. You, you know, you, you, you want to uh, experience everything and nobody really wants to miss out on anything that could be potentially possible. You know, no one thought, no one in their right mind thought in 2009 or 2010 that Bitcoin would be anywhere near $20,000 a coin. So when you hear something new, everyone kind of jumps towards it. I hope for those of you, and I mean this sincerely, who have been listening to my channel for at least two or three months uh, that you know or have a good idea as to what to kind of look for uh, as far as like what a winner in the cryptocurrency space could be or should be or what they look like. Uh, like I said, once again, no one's going to be reading through all these um, white papers and stuff like that. So at least try to do some of your own research uh i will desperately should 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 prices go up in 2019 i will try my darndest to lead you to the light and to the the projects that have the greatest uplook or up outside uplook the ones that look the best for 2019 simply because i know it's going to get really bad really quick um all all, all we'll need is bitcoin to jump from 10,000 to 20,000 and the amount of 
noise that's going to re-enter the cryptocurrency space telling people to put their money and and i I already see it in the comment section now the amount of people who talk about these coins when you look into them they're clearly scams uh but didn't mean to spend too much time on that as i said i was going to breeze over it but let's continue on (laughs) next up initial coin offerings or icos will return within 18 months and Ethereum will rebound aggressively. This was said by the BitMEX CEO. His name is Arthur Hayes. He said this on the 26th of December. BitMEX is a Hong Kong-based cryptocurrency trading platform that has become one of the largest trading platforms in the world by volume. Speaking in an interview, Hayes forecasted a return to form from 2018's dead ICO market. He said the use case for Ether is primarily ICOs. That market is dead right now. He continued on saying, once there are new issues, then Ether will rebound aggressively. When the ICO market returns, Ether will quickly test 200 US dollars. The timing of the ICO rebirth is 12 to 18 months out. And quote, Hayes made the comment following a now rare day of stability across the crypto markets. Uh, This was, I think, about a day or two ago. Anyway, the point is, we have discrepancies in the cryptocurrency space right now where a lot of people think that ICOs are dead. ICOs are not coming back. ICOs have no future simply because uh, governments have stepped on them. They have squashed them out. And pretty much we have something called STO, security token offerings that are going to be the new fancy shiny new thing on the cryptocurrency block. By the way, 2019 is expected to be the year of the stablecoin and the year of the STO. This is just kind of the the murmuring that that are going around in the cryptocurrency space right now this guy and a handful of other people actually believe that first of all i had never actually heard that the the primary use for ether is actually uh just icos that's kind of new to me people believe that when we get proper regulation in place and everything is set up and you know exactly who's what what's doing this and how that actually works that um, ICOs and STOs on top of that are going to be built on top of the Ethereum platform. Part of the problem that we've had before in the past, if you have not noticed, is that when things are denominated in Ether and someone is creating an ICO on top of Ethereum and they decide to create their own chain or go off on their own, uh, they then sell off that Ether that they have to be able to fund their project and or realistically uh, buy up their own coin in mass. So I'm not exactly sure. I mean, I get the case for it. I don't specifically think that Ethereum's main reason or purpose is just going to be ICOs. I have a strong inkling uh, that Ethereum is going to be used by world governments and stuff like that, as we've heard. Maybe a lot of you weren't here. Uh, there are a lot of governments who are talking about using Ethereum and building stuff on top of Ethereum as well. I think that's going to be one of Ethereum's main thing. I, I think they're going to be like a a heavy infrastructure type thing for like laws and other things to be built on top of. That's not to say that you cannot or other people will not be building or continuing to build on top of the Ethereum platform. But we then the discussion goes back to that we need these actual. I mean, maybe that's where he's getting his time frame from. The 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 rebirth of the ICO is a 12, 12 to 18 month thing that's going to happen rather from this moment. Uh, and that kind of comes down to the time frame that we have gotten from Vitalik Buterin that they're supposed to have the next three updates on top of their platform that will allow them to potentially have anywhere from 
50,000 to 100 million transactions on their network. I know that's a big jump in numbers, but these are the numbers that have been quoted. Uh... I mean, it's definitely possible. I, I can see where the hype is, is, is coming from, but I feel like Ethereum has many other uses that maybe we just haven't really figured out yet. I don't think the main use case for Ether is just for ICOs. Maybe this is kind of just where we are kind of seeing it right now. Anyway, let's move on. Next up, the Brazilian National Social Development Bank will launch a pilot for a stablecoin known as BNDES token. The new token will be running on the Ethereum blockchain, and it will be backed one-to-one -one by the Brazilian Real. The information was released a few days ago by the institution to Coindesk. Uh, that's I said of Coindesk. Anyway, during 2018, several new stablecoins were launched in the market, but it seems that there are new institutions that are entering the crypto and stablecoin market. The Brazilian National Social Development Bank, which is owned by the state, will launch a pilot in January 2019 for its own stablecoin. This stable digital asset will be linked to the Brazilian Real. However, this is not the first time that the company decided to test a stablecoin. In the past, it experimented with it throughout 2018. Consensus will be one of the companies that will help the bank develop this currency. This kind of goes exactly, I mean, I didn't even realize they kind of like matched each other. Um, for some reason, Ethereum has become the blockchain for governments to kind of like build things on top of. It's, it's, it's a very weird thing because... I guess maybe he means that that was the actual use case for Ether because what we're seeing, and I've definitely seen it and I haven't been paying attention to it, the amount of interest, especially from the Russian government and many other governments who have talked about, I, I want to say, I want to say Singapore, maybe also building on top of Ethereum as well. Uh, they all, especially with the Ethereum, uh, Enterprise Ethereum Alliance, is that they're going to be using the Ethereum blockchain, but none of them have... Uh, explicitly announced that they were going to be using the ether token so i guess the ether token comes into play when you have it as a fundraising method for your platform i guess that's kind of the easiest way to say it uh this is once again another indication of something big that's happening behind the scenes a lot of people i think just maybe are not paying attention to uh we now have the brazilian national social development bank which is as run by the state or some it's owned by the state um now building their own stablecoin and i think this is happening for a couple of reasons mainly just two um at the beginning of this year when we had all the hype around blockchain and so and so and who was going to do this and central bank digital currencies we had a number of countries who came forward and they said that they do not think that other countries should be building their own central bank digital currencies the way that I think that they're getting around this right now, and I'm pretty sure you've noticed, is that a lot of uh, countries and their handful of their banks, handful of their banks are announcing the launch of a stablecoin that is going to be pegged as a one-to-one -to, -one to their current uh, fiat currency that they have. And I'm pretty sure you see exactly where this goes. Uh, you get around the bank having to create one. This is very interesting as well. Banks no longer um, are rushing to create their own blockchains because crypto has existed for long enough that our structures are stronger and more sound than anything that they could have looked to create. And I mean, as far as like an, an actual decentralized platform, part of the, when you, uh, when you listen to like commissioners from, um, the International Monetary Fund or the World Bank, and when they talk about the prospects of blockchain and how they like it a lot, it comes down to these um, distributed 
distributed ledger technology or blockchain that they are able to like none of these banks in these countries actually trust each other I, you, you may see them smiling and shaking hands and stuff like that none of them actually trust each other when you hear them talking at these um interviews and meetings and stuff like that they say that one of their main prospects for the reason why they like blockchain is that they um they they, they always say we, we we live in a time where where trust is very difficult to have and the the fact that we can build something on top of these platforms and then have it be widely distributed and that we can see everything that's happening is completely transparent so we don't have to trust this person and so and so is very interesting um the fact that Ethereum is in the center of all of this is once again one of the reasons why I think that Ethereum is going to last for a very long time. I don't think Ethereum is going anywhere. It may not be the number three coin. It may not even be the number 17 coin or in the top 20 in the future simply because we have a lot of other cryptocurrencies that could potentially pass it by. Uh, but Ethereum is definitely here, this, here to stay and it may have a completely different use case than people eventually thought as Bitcoin is digital gold. And XRP is the the coin for remittances and money to go back and forth around the world. Ethereum is looking like it's the thing where everyone is just going to build on top of. And I think this will come into play a bit more. And I think other companies and countries are waiting to announce their prospects or anything that they're planning on doing with the Ethereum blockchain. When we have confirmation that Ethereum can officially, at least even with the Raiden network, do over... I want to say anywhere from more than 15,000 transactions per second. I think that's going to be a very interesting number that, we, that we're going to hit. Because as of right now, Ethereum, as we all know, is far too laggy. But it, it means something when you have multiple governments in 2018 and banks announcing that they're going to be launching platforms and their own stable coins that are going to be pegged to their uh, central bank currencies, whatever, um, on top of the Ethereum blockchain. So if you think about it this way, um, not only have they circumvented the, the way of having to go through the long and lengthy process of creating their own blockchain and their own central bank digital currency that they then have to set up infrastructure for other countries around the world to be able to handle these transactions. Like if you create your own blockchain, you have to have then um, incorporated atomic swaps in some sort of way or found another basic system to be able to say, well, I have the Brazilian this and you have the Singaporean this. How are we going to trade our, our currencies back and forth? But... If you build on top of the Ethereum blockchain, especially with all the stuff that are going to be built on top of it in the next couple of months, years, with an S at the end, it's very interesting to see the correlation between this. I still um, am waiting to see how this is actually going to play out, simply because I don't think that these are going to be extremely viable, meaning that these... Uh, these stable coins that are being launched, I understand why they're building stable coins. It has to do with the uh, with the trading of cryptocurrencies back and forth. When you're trading uh, cryptocurrencies during a downtrend in the market, you want to be able to transfer your money into stable coins as they are stable. And it's kind of is a way to you to peg the money that you had before as opposed to having to completely swap out of cryptocurrencies, which in many countries has different tax implications. So... Um, I, 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 I want to in, in, I see in three years exactly how this is going to play out. What's also interesting is, if no one else has really noticed, when it comes to the prospect of stablecoins in banks and countries creating their own stablecoins, this also lends, uh, what's the word? Uh, not dominance. It's not dominance. Uh, it gets people more familiar with using digital currencies on an everyday basis, which also then only helps the cryptocurrencies that we already have out there. The One of the main fears was that if we had central bank digital currencies, that they would simply use that to hamper down the innovation in the cryptocurrency space. A lot of them have simply switched over and are going to, I'm pretty sure, going to continue to switch over, especially for a bank if you have banking reserves, to use simply stable coins as well so that the banks can also um, make money because the way that people are setting up stable coins right now is so that if you are trying to swap between back and forth through coins they do take like sometimes a tiny fee depending on where you're 
stablecoin is launched. Anyway, spent too far too much time on the stablecoin topic, but it's very interesting that you see exactly where all of this is going. People were like three or four years ago, they were talking about they, they didn't call them central bank uh, digital currencies or even stable coins. That that phrase wasn't even out yet about three, four years ago. Uh, but what we saw were people talking about that governments were going to try and figure out how to make their own cryptocurrencies, which we have right here. And at that point, it would show the the, the word is in dominance, but it would show the strength of Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies that we already have because it's no longer a system where. Uh, governments are saying, "Oh no, yeah, yeah, yeah! Don't don't use that. Don't use any cryptocurrencies because they're totally evil." Now they're saying, "No, we're creating one and definitely use it as well." And if we get into a situation, which is also very interesting, if we get into a situation, and I assume it's going to happen within the next two or three years, where multiple governments have created a stablecoin or have created some type of a digital currency, so and so and so, and should we have a stock market crash? Because these things are digital, the governments will have a red button, you know, you know, a fake red button somewhere that they can that they, they can hit. And it'll freeze all transactions, which is one of the main things that a lot of uh, institutions have been talking about before, that if you have a stable coin or a central bank digital currency and should something negative happen to the uh, the economy at that time, you'll be able to simply flip a switch and stop all transactions that are happening and or freeze other people's monies. What happens at that point, once again, is in 2008, for those who everyone should have been here at that time in 2008, is that we had, um, I'm pretty sure a lot of you remember the, the the news stories and or watching it on the news or reading newspapers like we used to do back in that time, uh, where they showed people with guns, uh, like army troopers and normal cops standing outside of banks, allowing one person in at a time because everyone was trying to take their money out. And there were restrictions. I think you could, in, I think in New York, it was like, I remember seeing it on the news, you could take out, what was it, like $200, $300 per day or something like that. Now imagine a situation where you need something, something has broken, everything is falling apart, and you need to take out 15000 to be able to fix something, and you can't do that. So if we have a situation where this continues, and I know it's going to continue, I know that the interest in the cryptocurrency space is far too large right now for governments not to want to get into it. And I think the easiest way for them to tiptoe into it is by issuing stable coins in their own central bank digital currencies. We're going to have one country somewhere, one of them. We have what was 193 countries in the world right now who are going to launch something similar to this. There's going to be some type of economic problem in their country, and they are going to freeze all transactions that are happening at that time. Well, they're going to start issuing more of their currency and devaluing even their digital currency that they have, which is going to be a very insane moment. And this is going to cause more people who are already comfortable with cryptocurrencies by using these on a daily basis to realize that they should simply switch over to Bitcoin or other coins that are not controlled by governments. Very fascinating, right? It's, 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 something, it's definitely something to think about because we're, we're slowly inching towards this world. Like I said before, it's a lot quicker than I originally thought it was going to be. I thought we had about another five to ten years of this. But when we, I mean, if you get a chance after this, um, try and search on your whatever search platform you use and type in like Ethereum Russia, maybe Ethereum Singapore, like even the keywords like building, like government building on Ethereum, you'll definitely find it. Like it's definitely happening at a, at a more accelerated rate. Um, even look up the members of the Enterprise Ethereum Alliance. That's also one of the other reasons why I think Ethereum's not going anywhere. Um, like I said, it may not remain one of the um, highest, most expensive coins forever. No one knows the future. Uh, but Ethereum definitely has a very strong use case, I guess I kind of want to say. My goodness, did not mean to spend that much time on a stablecoin, but I... You get it. I hope you get it. Like crypto is is going to be absolutely massive. Like it's not going anywhere. Don't let anyone tell you. If if they tell you these things, just show them these articles. Like there's crypto's not going anywhere. There's far too much attention around it right now. 
my goodness next up uh trying to trying to capital t breeze over this one uh someone found out that on the xrp ledger where you can try you can see all the transactions that are happening through the xrp token uh someone sent a 90 million xrp transaction on the 27th of december from an unknown wallet obviously to another unknown wallet obviously 90 million xrp at the moment is 33 million us dollars however this is not uh, the not the only multi-million uh transaction process on the 27th of december according to whale alert 30 million more xrp had been transacted a few hours later this means that an unknown wallet sent around 11 million dollars to another unknown wallet there's also yeah this has been happening for quite a long amount of time if you've ever watched um alex cobb's uh cryptocurrency channel video it's not a blog anyway uh I've, I've i've watched a couple of his stuff he's very big on xrp and he kind of like he's really like diligently pays attention uh sorry out there if i have not mentioned anyone else's other cryptocurrency channel who's also very diligent when it comes to uh the xrp ledger but he appears on my uh suggested anyway the point is uh he's seen a lot of these happening the last couple of months and he tried to point them out to people and i think a lot of people just really aren't paying attention to exactly what's happening uh remember before we were talking about how um with a lot of the over-the-counter uh buying for bitcoin you know i was like i wish i could desperately see how many uh people were buying bitcoin over the counter and you know because you, you you see them on on blockchain they kind of like scroll down but on the xrp ledger uh typically some transactions are like maybe thirty thousand xrp fifteen thousand xrp but when you see stuff like this really pop up it leads to a lot of speculation who in the world purchased 33 million dollars worth of xrp and this once again isn't the first time that this has happened this has been happening for months there have been 100 and uh like 110 uh, million transactions for XRP. There's been 50 million. It's kind of going on and on and on. And no one really knows where they're going to, but the speculation is um, that they are probably going to banks or institutions or whoever is um, planning on using XRP or simply even to other rich people who are um, betting on XRP because they see that the price that it is right now is a tenth of where it was before. And if you have this kind of money to throw around and you throw in $33 million into XRP, and it goes back up to even just where it was before you have 333 million dollars that you made uh from a simple transaction anyway it's all speculation obviously but this money is clearly going somewhere no one is uh no normal person is digging deep into their wallet and pulling out 33 million dollars or buying 90 million xrp or even buying 30 million xrp at one given time it's all very interesting um and it only uh, heats up speculation especially as we get more news about the partnerships that Ripple has been getting with other banks and institutions around the world who are going to be using XRAP, but especially since we have at the end of 2019, Brad Garlinghouse talking about uh, that we're going to have dozens of banks using XRAPID. Makes you think. Last up to actually breeze over this one, a financial regulator of the United Arab Emirates or the UAE will introduce ICOs or initial coin offering regulations by the country by the end of the first half of next year. This development was reported by English language local news outlet The National on the 21st of December. The Securities and Exchange the and Commodities Authority, excuse me, of the UAE called SCA, which regulates and monitors the markets, will reportedly work with the Abu Dhabi Securities Exchange and Dubai Financial Market to develop a platform for ICO token trading. Uh, I, th this is 
part of this is yes finally i'm glad that countries around the world are no longer waiting for america specifically to hear what america has to say about icos and stos and all these other things and how they're going to work within their country. It's nice to see that other countries, especially very rich ones, are finally uh, coming forward on their own and making their own regulations. And it's also nice. It's also, once again, really weird. Uh, ties into the same exact other thing we were talking about before about the ICO market returning. I don't think ICOs are dead. I think they've been squashed and hampered down very heavily. Uh, the fact that they are going to now be regulated is going to be something very interesting because um, the point of STOs or security token offerings is that they're specifically going going to be geared towards people or companies or institutions who are in the stock market who wish to already take their securities and tokenize them thus a security token offering uh with icos it kind of comes down to what at least what we've seen so far has been companies who are creating cryptocurrencies and are uh trying to launch them on top of a platform it'll be very interesting to see exactly i i can i can only assume that a large part of their regulation will come down to taxation. Um, who can do it? And what we've also seen in a number of other countries as well is how much money an ICO can raise. Because you may have noticed we were talking about rather the EOS video where they raised $4 billion. Uh, for a lot of governments, that's a major no-no. Uh, anyway, I don't know why I said no-no. Anyway, the point is uh, very interesting as we go along. And other countries as well are also giving us their... Uh, news about ICOs and stuff like that. So it'll be interesting to see exactly if the market for ICOs will develop in the exact same way that it did in 2017. To kind of finish things off, uh, prices aren't doing that bad. They could be doing a lot worse. I get that, that that's a nice way to put a cherry on top of it. There hasn't been any significant negative news for any cryptocurrencies out there. Uh, but at the moment, the market is still in a bit of a downtrend. When you kind of look around, depending on, I mean, everyone, if, if, if you look for information on the prices of cryptocurrencies, you'll get about seven different um, analyses of people talking about what they, where, where they think the market is, is going. We still have the same news floating around our heads. A lot of people think that Bitcoin is... So the, there's someone out there who said that he thinks that Bitcoin is headed for the death march. If Bitcoin happens to go uh, below 3,200, meaning that Bitcoin is headed towards 1,000, a lot of people think that Bitcoin is already headed to 1,500, especially if we don't get any major movement relatively soon. Uh, other people are saying that they think, they think that Bitcoin needs to pass the $5,000, $6,000 mark within the next couple of weeks, because if we don't have a proper uptrend by the time that the backed platform ends up launching... It'll actually cause a little bit of a spike in price and then a bit of a, a flounder because we need a a certain amount of time of bullish activity happening within the marketplace in order to be able to uh, continue that momentum. I've also seen people talking about that the most that Bitcoin will hit next year is around like $6,000. I mean, it, it's kind of all over the place. Like I said, uh, no one is uh, an oracle. No one knows exactly what's going to happen. I think I think crypto's okay. Um, I think it just needs like a bit more oomph in its step. I, I I think we need something to kind of push the market a bit more higher. And I fear for the most part that um, people are still waiting on U.S. regulators to kind of say uh, what things are in the market. Alrighty, everyone, that is definitely going to do it for this video. Hope you all enjoyed. Hope you all are having a great day, morning, afternoon, and or evening wherever you are. 
wherever you might be. I hope it's absolutely amazing. Thank you once again for all of your support. And yeah, you know, I'm awful with ending videos, so I'll talk to you all soon. See you.